National headliners. You'll laugh. You'll swoon. And when you regain your composure, you'll swipe right. Tuesday, March 7th. Doors at 7, show at 7.30 at 444 Battery Street in San Francisco's Financial District. Brought to you by Paco Romaine and Destiny's Mom's Comedy. Our last show sold out, so get your tickets now at punchlinecomedyclub.com. Charm Offensive at Punchline Comedy San Francisco. Tuesday, March 7th. See you there, sexy. What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you going to work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. Man, you should go to johnstraußlaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket. Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. It's not business, it's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com of so many things and making a kind of variety of the program it requires a lot of different facts of life that we must know about and when you think about the various nations of the earth the various religions of the earth the various nationalities, the various people all over the world. We have Morning Mutineers, this is the B, anything that we want to make, the BB coming at you from we do. Have created today. But it don't make sense when we can't make peace. Everything else, wise men, great men from every nation in the world, all the countries in the world, have all kinds of conventions and festivals. Spend all the money. Suppose you had to spend half as much money on trying to make peace as you have been making war. We wouldn't have to worry about nothing. But it don't make sense. It don't make sense.
sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind. Wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind. Was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind. Mädchen flüchten sie geschwind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je Sagt mir, wo die Mädchen sind, wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Mädchen sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Mädchen sind, wenn in allen sie geschwind, wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je Sagt mir, wo die Männer sind, wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Männer sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Männer sind, zogen fort, der Krieg beginnt. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je Was ist geschehen? Sagt, wo die Soldaten sind. Über Gräber weht der Wind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je verstehen? Sagt mir, wo die Gräber sind. Was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Gräber sind. Blumen blühen im Sommerwind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je verstehen? Und sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind. Wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, Mädchen flüchten sie geschwind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je
listeners, welcome to Labor and Love Show, and welcome to Mutiny Radio on a Saturday morning. Let's go back to May 20th, May 20th, day before Malcolm X Day, the day of Malcolm X's birth. today to celebrate peace, talk about workers and war. And you might ask, well, what does that have to do with labor? <laughs> and I would answer this, uh, who fights the wars? Do we have brigades of, of the sons of the rich going out to grunt, to do the grunt work of war, to go out and shoot people and get shot at and camp out on the ground so we can say it's ours. No, it's working people who fight the war. And it's uh, intimate. Labor being historically And of course there have been a lot of people who thought that we should be pro-war. CIO during the 70s when we got our foreign affairs. They cooperated. Anti progressive movement helped to kill people. So, this is Labor and Love, the show where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, Another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. And if if you don't have a seat at the bargaining table where you work, you're probably on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor when I say labor I mean you so what about this what about this then the wars are always fought by the poor and the workers okay the workers they become soldiers here's what Hermann Goering said he's being interviewed by a guy named Gilbert and uh says, why of course the people don't want war. Why would some poor slob on a farm want to risk his life in a war when the best he can get out of it is to come back to his farm in one piece? Naturally, common people don't want war, neither in Russia nor in England or in America nor, for that matter, in Germany. That is understood. But after all, it is the leaders of the country who determine the policy. And it's always a simple matter to drag the people along. Whether it's a democracy or a fascist dictatorship or a parliament or a communist dictatorship. And the interviewer responds by saying, there's a difference in a democracy 
In a democracy, the people have some say in the matter through their elected representatives. And in the United States, only Congress can declare wars. And Goering responds to that. Oh, that's all well and good. But voice or no voice, the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That is easy. All you have to do is tell them that they're being attacked and denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works the same way in any country. Okay, so war... War is something that people have to be convinced of. At one point I read that soldiers were going into battle with, their, with rifles and... 70% of the time they were just shooting the rifles into the air because they didn't want to shoot or hurt anybody. So that then arm, armies realized they had to do things like boot camp. They had to strip away the civilized part of the person, you know, the humane, the nurturing part of the person. And they had to strip that away and turn the person into a killer. And then, of course... When you come back from war, you're a killer, well and good. When you're in war, then what happens when you come back? Okay, so anti-war songs. There's one about a guy named Ira Hayes, one of the guys who raised the flag on Mount Suribachi.
mother, mother There's too many of you crying Brother, brother, brother There's far too many of you dying You know we've got to find a way To bring some love in here today Father, Father We don't need to escalate Oh, you see, war is not the answer For only love can conquer hate You know we've got to find a way To bring some love in here today Oh, picket lines and picket signs Don't punish me with brutality Come on, talk to me so you can see What's going on? What's going on? 
Ira Hayes was one of those guys who raised the flag. But uh, when he went back home, he was treated as Indians are treated in this country. He was, uh, he drank too much. Uh, he became a pitiful figure, as the song indicates. Hazel Dickens sang that labor troubadour going back. What's going on? The uh, Marvin Gaye song, beautiful anti-war song, War Is Not The Answer. And on the original record, he had a couple of pro football friends, one of them, Lim Barney, uh, singing with him. Anti-war song, what's going on? And last, we had Bob Dylan's song, Masters of War, about his feelings about those who 
profit from war. And there you go again. Um, profit is one of the main driving forces of war. Profit uh, Wars are very good for business because you're not only are you creating new things and are you giving God, lots of government money to find new and better and more horrendous weapons. You also have to clean it up. War causes destruction. It costs money to get it all cleaned up. So development companies can go in and uh, play fast and, and easy with the rules. So for example, in Louisiana, uh, Hurricane Katrina happened and the city of Louisiana was became the, the, the trial ground, for example, for charter schools. Almost the whole public school system of New Orleans was wiped out and recast as a charter district. Uh, so, you know, there are new opportunities after war and destruction happen. Eddie Vedder. So, yeah, Eddie Vedder, Masters of War, What's Going On, by John Legend, that version, and um, Ballad of Ira Hayes by Hazel Dickens. Let's get on now with our labor news. Um, the Win Labor Report. Workers Independent News and Radio Labor, our world, our world news service, labor news service. Okay, just take me to the website. Win Labor Report. You're listening to Win Workers Independent News, a diversified media enterprises production. I'm Doug Cunningham. Tens of thousands of communications workers of America workers walked off their jobs Friday afternoon and are on strike against AT&T. CWA says workers in 36 states and Washington, D.C. are on strike until Monday. CWA union steward Jonathan Cruder joined his co-workers walking off their jobs Friday afternoon in Madison, Wisconsin. The issues that are driving this and why we decided to step out at 2 o'clock today is uh, AT&T hasn't been bargaining in good faith. Uh, we've been sitting at the table uh, starting back in January before our contract expired in February 12th. And since February 12th, we've been working in good faith, trying to bargain every single day, meeting the demands of both uh, our members and also trying to work in good faith with AT&T. Uh, they just, they won't sit down, they won't bargain with us. And so we put them on notice that we were going to work without a contract as of May 1st. And they have continued to ignore our actions. And uh, we gave them notice on Wednesday, we were going to go on strike on Friday. If you don't sit down and really hammer out the issues that are important to our labor, and uh, they still refuse to sit down and meet us on any of our demands. Picket lines are up at retail AT&T stores throughout the country throughout the weekend. CWA says striking workers will return to work Monday, May 22nd. CWA represents more than 150,000 AT&T workers. AT&T is making more than a billion dollars a month profit. And CWA says even though AT&T is highly profitable, it's refusing to bargain in good faith with its workers. Cruder says when the time came for his fellow AT&T mobility workers to walk off 
their jobs Friday afternoon and strike. It was the first time many of them had taken this action. This is new for us out here. The mobility side for AT&T is uh, unprecedented uh, action that's taken place. Um, all the retail workers really walked out of the store today at 2 o'clock, and uh, we're just trying to mobilize and get the word out for everybody. You've been listening to WIN, Workers Independent News. For more information, visit laborradio.org. AT&T Mobility will strike Friday if no This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, May 19th, 2017 by Mark Belanger. Unions are warning labor ministers from the G20 group of countries that working people are increasingly concerned about economic globalization. The ministers are meeting in Germany this week. Radio Labor senior correspondent Seamarie Ainsborough reports. More than 70% of working people are worried that they will lose their job as globalization increases. That is one of the worrisome findings of a new poll commissioned by the International Trade Union Confederation. The poll covers 16 countries representing more than 50% of the world population. It shows that not only are 73% of workers concerned about their job security, but 80% report that they have falling or stagnated wages. About 40% have either been unemployed in the past year or have seen their working hours reduced. 50% don't have enough money for basic essentials or they are just barely getting by. Meanwhile, there's a broad consensus about what should be done. 71% of the people surveyed said governments should be working towards a pay increase for workers. 77% said governments should do more to make sure companies pay their fair share of taxes. And more than 70% want their governments to adopt new rules for multinational corporations to end the abuse of workers in their supply chains. ITUC General Secretary Sharon Burrow told the media that the rules of the global economy have been distorted to put the interests of the richest 1% and corporations ahead of working people. This power imbalance, she said, is driving mistrust in governments. The poll results will be presented to the G20 labor ministers at their conference in Germany, May 18th to 19th. This is Seamarie Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labor. May 17th is the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia and Biphobia. It's a day set aside to raise awareness of LGBT rights worldwide. Last year, commemorations of the day took place in more than 120 countries. One of the global unions which has been at the forefront in the struggles to win respect for LGBT rights is Education International. EI is the global union for teachers and other education workers. Here's Naomi Goldberg, a Chicago researcher on LGBT issues, speaking at an EI conference. So what are the sort of big term, long-term, big outcomes of employment discrimination um, for LGBT adults? On the face of it, we see lower wages. Transgender people um, with incomes less than $10,000, which in the U.S., it's virtually impossible to live on that. 15% um, of transgender people reported income at that level compared to 4% of the general population. So nearly a four times higher rate. Of LGBT adults, 35% have incomes less than $24,000 compared to 24% of non-LGBT adults. Um, so certainly employment discrimination, as well as many of the other things I mentioned earlier, have an economic impact on LGBT people in terms of um, wages themselves. 
Finally, we see much higher rates of poverty um, for LGBT people. 7.6% of women in same-sex couples are living in poverty compared to 4.3% of um, different sex married couples. When you look at kids living in families, kids raised by male same-sex couples, nearly one quarter are living in poverty. And some of that has to do with um, the race of same-sex couples who are raising kids. They're much more likely to be African-American and Latino. Um, and we in the U.S. have a huge economic um, and income disparity across race lines. Women in same-sex couples have much higher rates of poverty um, than other couples. And again, this speaks to intersectional issues. Some of this is that women in general just make less. So when you have two women, um, they make less than a man and a woman. They make less than two men. Um, but some of this is also um, you know, discrimination against women in the labor market, um, and discrimination against lesbians in general. As workers worldwide become even more suspicious about global trade deals which decrease democratic control and enhance corporate power, the labor movement is warning about yet another deal being negotiated in secret. The Trades and Services Agreement, known by its acronym TISA, is being negotiated by 22 countries plus the European Union. It includes the world's biggest economy, the United States. If implemented, TISA would cover 70 of the world's trade and services. At the forefront of the international labor movement's campaign against TISA is the International Transport Workers Federation. The ITF represents more than 4.5 million transport workers who are members of 700 unions in 150 countries. I talked to Sam Dawson about TISA. Mr. Dawson is the ITF's press and editorial manager. I asked him first to describe TISA. TISA is the Trade and Services Agreement, which is a global trade deal. It's been negotiated almost entirely behind closed doors. What we know about it, we know mainly by leaks, through leaks, by 22 countries, all in all, 23 um, entities, 22 countries, and then the last one is the European Union, which represents yet another 28 member states. So it's, it's, getting, it's big, it's getting on for global. Why is the ITF concerned about TISA? What would be some of the consequences of its application? There are plenty of reasons to be concerned about TISA. One, because it's secretive. Two, because it's undemocratic. Three, because it actually hands over power to multinational corporations to make decisions about jobs and trade law right across the TISA block. And that potentially can threaten hard-won jobs and conditions. What are some of the aims of the ITF's campaign against TISA, the Trade and Services Agreement? Well, if TISA is stoppable, it's stoppable by trade unions. We've seen that already in Paraguay and Uruguay. They were in the so-called TTP, those, those 23 states and entities. Unions there went to their governments. They explained why TISA was bad for workers, was bad, bad for democracy in those companies, and they actually exited this up. So we know, we know it can be done, and we know unions are the ones who are going to do it, in conjunction, of course, with a lot of NGOs and so on. We, we want to see broad alliances. So... What we're doing is running an informational campaign as the ITF, and the aim of that is to arm unions with the proof they need to go and tell their governments why TISA is such a bad deal. Follow the example of Uruguay and Paraguay. Persuade the governments, because it's, it's the governments that, you know, should be out. They should be exiting this. So what we do is the ITF, we very strongly encourage anyone who's concerned about TISA to do something about it, to visit in particular our website, which is www.tisameanstrouble.org. I'll say that again, that's tisameanstrouble.org. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the average of 300 news stories added to our site each day last week. 
Our top stories section included links to news about the national general strikes in Greece and in Colombia, the imprisonment of a Kazakh union leader, and the record low number of industrial disputes in Finland last year. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Scabs hired to replace striking beer delivery truckers in the United States were leaving kegs in all the wrong places, while 23 American graduate student workers at Yale University were arrested as others continued their hunger strike in an effort to get their employer to recognize their union. Indian IT workers struck work after a co-worker was sacked, while textile workers and contract sanitation workers in India were off work and demanding a living wage and permanent employment. In Kenya, municipal employees walked off the job to draw attention to their unpaid wages. Nigerian state workers also took job action in an effort to gain unpaid wages, while the ongoing oil workers' strike there was extended to cover more employers. Continuing with the theme, Pakistani public sector workers were holding rallies during work time in an effort to have their back wages paid to them. And piggybacking on the Greek general strike, seamen there extended their strike to four days this week, shutting down ferry services to the country's islands. Our top working women stories included coverage of the anti-women working conditions at a German-owned garment factory in India, regressive equal pay legislation in New Zealand, and a study of Bangladeshi unions that showed how well most garment union leaders are men, the membership are overwhelmingly women. The health and safety news where we run in cooperation with Hazards magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the death of 40 workers in an unsecured abandoned South African mine and hazardous security conditions for many public sector workers in Pakistan. Currently, Leverstart is running six online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Follow us on Twitter, at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Boulanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. get to a special report now. This is also a World Labor um, Radio report. And it's about Volkswagen. Volkswagen um, came to the U.S. with this model of uh, labor management cooperation where um, the workers and their, their representatives were given much more much more effect, much more effective input. They were really asked and cooperated with management people to make a better product. Um, now, Volkswagen has changed that model. This is about the attempts to organize uh, Charleston, Chattanooga, in Tennessee. Unionize United Auto Workers and a Volkswagen. 
This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour special report recorded on Wednesday, May 10th, 2017. I'm Mark Belanger. Volkswagen, it seems like uh, at this plant that they try and push you to the limit and beyond the edge of it. The German automobile company Volkswagen is reacting to the condemnation of its illegal emission tests by becoming viciously anti-union. That is what workers at the company's Chattanooga plant in the southern U.S. state of Tennessee are saying. Before the company was caught cheating on its environmental tests two years ago, Volkswagen was supporting its 2,000 employees as they considered joining a union, the United Auto Workers, the UAW. But now, it is fighting the unionization of the workers every step of the way. In December 2015, a unit at the huge plant, the maintenance workers, voted to join the UAW. But Volkswagen has ignored their decision and refused to bargain, despite being told to do so by the country's National Labor Relations Board. Volkswagen is also refusing to comply with the global framework agreement it has negotiated with the global union Industrial. Industrial is the world body which represents national unions in mining, energy and manufacturing. A global framework agreement is an arrangement in which the company agrees to follow certain principles, such as allowing workers to form unions and negotiate their wages and working conditions. Here is a report about the situation at the Volkswagen plant in Chattanooga, featuring some of the workers. Volkswagen's Chattanooga plant in the United States began production in 2011. Since the plant opened, workers have been forming a union with the United Auto Workers. It's very, very busy, it's non-stop, and when you do that for 12 hours, it's just about unbearable. There is a pervasive mentality over there that you are an expendable on that floor, you're not to be listened to, you're not to be heard, you're to be bossed. Punishing shift schedules, workplace injuries, and disrespectful supervisors have led Chattanooga workers to seek a voice on the job. Management wants production. They don't want you to really worry whether or not you're going to come to work tomorrow because they'll get somebody else to fill your spot. The production workers itself, they're, they're wore out. They're, they're beat down pretty bad. You know, they, some of them are working 60, 70 hours every week, um, 11 hours a day. They're on their feet all day long. They're, 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 getting, they're getting pretty beat up pretty bad. I had a friend that worked there with us. I've got, I got to know him pretty well. Uh, tore his rotator cuff because he was having an overreach on the job he was doing. He, he, uh, he had to go out, it was a workers' comp injury, they paid for everything, come back and put him back in the same exact job, tore his rotator cuff again. Same thing again, he come back and he asked him, to, hey, you know, I want to be moved to another job. And they said, there is no other job. This, this job, if you can't do it, then you'll have to find somewhere else to work because this is the job we have for you. The rotating schedule as well as just the, um, the fast pace of the job, yeah, I, I feel it, you know, um, it's just, when I get off at the end of shift, it's all I can do to make it to my car. You know, just sit there for a minute before I drive home. And then once I get home, can't go right to sleep because I have to, you know, wind down or try to take something to help alleviate the pain so that I can go to sleep. So yeah, it takes its toll on your body. It's three or four days of one shift, 12 hours, a few days off and then switch and go to midnight shift for three days and then one day off back to days for three days something like that the big selling point being but you get seven days off in a row 
when I worked it, I needed five of those just to recover. And then we were right back into work again. It's hard for anybody's body to adjust. You don't adjust to it. It was awful. People want to make a difference in their workforce. People want to have a say-so on how things are done as far as their life goes. And when you constantly have management and, and, and management and HR telling you that you have no say-so, you have absolutely nothing to do with what we do here, it, it just, you know, why, why be there? There's no hope, you know, it's just, it just it kills, it kills anybody's drive or hope to do anything. Oh, this is my job, I, you know, I got, to do, got kids to feed, you know, wife, so just try to, you know, block it out. And that's it. International labor news you can use. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Yeah, so yeah, uh, Volkswagen has changed its tune now. It's not so, so much involved with cooperation with workers. Uh, now it's about union busting and refusing to deal with the union. And um, the implication here is that once Volkswagen was caught, if you remember, Volkswagen was caught um, manipulating uh, mileage figures and manipulating other statistics about the car so that they would sell. In other words, they would say, well, the mileage on this is 40. Well, it might only be 25. So since they got caught doing that, it seems, according to this report, now they've gotten uh, more militantly anti-union. So we'll have to keep our eyes open and see what happens there. Another one we should keep our our eyes on is the 40,000 AT&T workers in 36 states who just launched a three-day strike on Friday afternoon as they continue to push for new contracts with the telecom giant, the 10th largest company in the U.S., reportedly earning a billion dollars a month. First strike ever for 21,000 retail and call center workers and technicians in the company's wireless division, Mobility. They're joined by 17,000 AT&T wireline workers in California, Nevada, and Connecticut, members of the Communication Workers of America. They're fighting to get commitments from the company to preserve good union jobs in the face of AT&T's offshoring of call centers to low-wage vendors and increased use of low-paying non-union authorized retailers. AT&T is also trying to hike the cost of their health care benefits and trying to, and they want to improve service by getting the telecom giant to invest in its core business. Okay, so let's keep our eyes on that one. 41,000 workers out on strike. If you see them, 
honk, give them a honk. Buy them some waters if they're out there picketing. That could be you. And maybe someday it will be. All right. Los Lobos now. With their song, Will the Wolf, Wolf Survive? Lobos, will the wolf survive?
of the world will survive by uh, Los Lobos, and some people think it's just about wolves, a species of wolves surviving. No, it's an anti-war song. Sat down in a booth in a cafe there, gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair. He's a little shy, so she give him a smile, and he said, would you mind sitting down for a while and talking? Feeling a little low She said I'm off in an hour And I know where we can go So they went down and they sat on the pier He said I bet you got a boyfriend But I don't care I got no one to send a letter to Would you mind if I sent a
Natalie Maines with uh, the Dixie Chicks. And uh, looking for one now. I was turned on to this one by Yemen, thanks to Yemen and Vita. A group called Rise Against. We'll find out a little more about them, but here's their song Hero of War. The accompanying music video is uh, chilling about a young man going to war and the things he has to do, including shooting a little girl. Called Hero of War by Rise Against. We're MetLife, and we're for the workforce. Forge we'll stop this for a minute. Okay. Different needs. So we partner with you to provide employee. He said, son. Have you seen the world? Well, what would you say if I said that you could just carry this gun? You'll even get paid. I said that sounds pretty good. We learned how to fight A hero of war Yeah, that's what I'll be And when I come home They'll be damn proud of me I'll carry this flag To the grave if I must Cause it's a flag I kicked in the door, I yelled my commands The children, they cried, but I got my man We took him away, a bag over his face From his family and his friends They took off his clothes, they pissed in his hands I told them to stop, but then I joined in. We beat him with guns and batons, not just once, but again and again. The hero of war, yeah, that's what I'll be. And when I come home, they'll be dead. Stop. 
was uh, anti-war songs. We're anti-war here today, as we are all the time. Wars are just excuses for uh, corporations and corporate interests and the governments that serve them to kill off more working people. They keep us divided. <clears throat> so we had the Dixie Chicks with Traveling Soldier, a very touching video, although it ends up with a happy ending. And the song is not a happy ending song. Uh, then there was Rise Against. Rise Against is an American band, hardcore band from Chicago, Illinois. Um, and their song, they're known for advocacy of progressivism, supporting organizations like Amnesty International, and It Gets Better. The band actively promotes animal rights and PETA and vegetarians, as well as they signed a deal with a, <clears throat> a shoe company, uh, Vans. We've teamed up with Vans. Um, and they said all Vans shoes, including Rise Against Vegan Shoe, are manufactured in factories that follow strict guidelines that are designed to protect the workers involved in this process. The right to fair compensation, the right to associate freely and bargain collectively, the right to work free from discrimination and harassment, and the right to a safe, clean workplace are many of the guidelines that vans and the factories that produce vans are committed to. We are proud to work with such a progressive and legendary company. Well, let's get some vans workers together and talk to them. It's one thing for a company to claim that uh, its, its employment policies are progressive it's quite another for it to be true. At any rate, rise again, rise against, um, check them out. Check them out. Their song, that song, uh, Hero of War, was uh, very touching. If you, if you see the, uh, the video, it's disturbing, but in a good way. Right, I wanted to play now. We're celebrating, along with war, we're celebrating general strikes. And one of them happened here in San Francisco in 1934. General strike when all workers 
or a great number of workers uh, refuse to go to work for some reason, uh, might be in sympathy with, with an, a particularly egregious campaign being carried out by companies against workers or workers who are trying to gain some measure of control of their workplace. Sympathy might be deaths. In the case of the San Francisco strike, things got so heated, it happened, you know, stretch over 83 days, that people were shot. And uh, the whole city turned out at their funeral. Nothing was done that day. This is a little... a little tape that's produced by uh, the International Longshore Workers Union. From wharf rats to lords. Two men, like dead. Step the longest march can be won. Many stones can form an arch, singly none. And by union, what we will can be accomplished still. Drops of water turn a mill, singly none. mother, my Irish Catholic mother, she was always writing home to Dublin and she had a large hand so the address took up most of the envelope. Well she sent me off to the post office, I was about seven, and These I always had to buy union penny leader stamps. Harry Bridges. So I had to stick stamps all over the front of the envelope, turn it over, stick them all over the back to make up the postage. One day I went home, I said, Mama, why can't I buy shilling stamps? And she said, never. Because the shilling stamp has a picture of the King of England on it, and no son of mine is going to lick the other side. started pushing us back to the intersection of Mission and Stewart Streets just off the waterfront when the police car arrived and shots were fired. Two men lay dead. Scrap iron, crude oil bound for Japan, we refused to load it. Didn't like the way they were bombing those cities in China and we figured it just might come back at us one day. Same way as we refused to load some German ships because of Hitler and some Italian ships when Mussolini invaded Ethiopia. An injury to one is an injury to all.
I'll tell you something else. Interfere in the foreign policy of our country? Sure as hell. That's our job, that's our right, that's our privilege, that's our duty. Foreign policy is too damned important to be left to the striped pants set in Washington, D.C. I said then that if all the jobs on the dock were to disappear, if they were to dwindle away and all that was left was just two jobs, just two, and I had my way, I'd make damn sure that one of them went to a black worker. And And here's the thing. See, I have every right to be prejudiced because I was brought up in a racist country. I was taught that white people are superior. But I learned better, see? My dear judge, if Harry Bridges is deported, he is more than likely to organise the whole British Empire against us. <laughs> he is a dangerous man and should be kept where we can watch him. Our very good friends of the British domain have more than their fair share of troubles already. Patriotically yours, signed, I see clearly. Anyway, Carol King, she could write a letter herself. Listen to this. All I have to say is that you are a bastard. And the next time you behave like this, I will murder you in cold blood. Well, for that, they threw me back in jail, which I did not like, not one bit. Although while I was there, I did read 12 books, I put on 15 pounds, and I organised the guards into the Teamsters. <laughs>
part of the maybe the socialist strain, people who came here from Europe were just buried in the American heartland, in the American uh, collective unconscious. There's anti-war. And it's there. It's very low, very close under, under the cover. This one is by Carl Sandburg. Sandburg was a Midwest poet sort of a, a folk poet, I guess, in his best moments. And this one is called Grass. <clears throat> Pile the bodies high at Austerlitz and Waterloo. Shovel them under let me work. I am the grass. I cover all. Pile them high at Gettysburg. Pile them high at Ypres and Verdun. Shovel them under and let me work. Two years, ten years, and passengers ask the conductor. Where are we now? I am the grass. Let me work. So, nature overcoming the wars of people. Austerlitz, Waterloo, Gettysburg, Ypres, and Verdun. Of course, our famous battles where thousands, hundreds of thousands, in the case of Verdun, Slaughtered, slaughtered each other. That's the thing. See, it's workers slaughtering each other. Pile the bodies high at Austerlitz and Waterloo. Shovel them under and let me work. And the grass I cover. And pile them high at Gettysburg and pile them high at Ypres and Verdun. Shovel them under and let me work. Two years, ten years, and passengers at the conductor. What Where are we now? I am the grass. Let me work. Stephen Crane, who was uh, the generation before Sam. This, is, this one is called Do Not Weep, Maiden, War is Kind. And, uh, Crane, as a young man, in fact, died when he was 29, um, was a war correspondent, uh, most notably in Spanish America against the policy of the government. Do not weep, maiden, for war is coming. Because your lover threw wild hands toward the sky and the affrighted steed ran on alone, do not weep. War is coming. Horse booming drums of the regiment, little souls who thirst for fight. These men were born to drill and die. The unexplained glory flies above them. 
Great is the battle god, great is kingdom. A field where a thousand corpses lie. Do not weep, babe. For war is kind because your father tumbled in the yellow trenches, raged at his breast, gulped and died. Do not weep. War is kind. Swift blazing flag of the regiment, eagle with crest of red and gold. These men were born to drill and die. Point for them the virtue of slaughter. Make plain to them the excellence of killing in a field where a thousand corpses lie. Mother whose heart hung humble as a button on the bright splendid shroud of your son. Do not weep. War is kind. War is kind by Stephen Crane. And one more. One of the oldest surviving poems in English. A poem called Soldier's Wife. This is a timeless poem. O western wind, when wilt thou blow? The small rain down can rain. Christ, that my love were in my arms, and I in my bed again. Timeless, timeless. A soldier's wife wishing that it would rain so there would be no war and her husband could come home. Anti-war. See what we've got here. I had one more that I wanted to play. Who's responsible for the war, huh? This is Buffy St. Marie. Sixties for me was about alternatives and students. Students were saying what was on our mind. Everybody and his sister played a guitar and we were talking to each other. Caffeine was the drug. Now, there was a night when I was traveling. Somehow I was stranded in San Francisco airport. And I had a morning flight on the way to Toronto where I had a, uh, an engagement uh, in Yorkville at the Purple Onion, which was, you know, kind of a hippie place, a student movement kind of center. And it was the middle of the night, and uh, some soldiers came in, wheeling their buddies on stretchers and wheelchairs. And I mean, these guys, I had never seen anything like that. These guys were all bandaged and shot up. And, and I got to talking to some of these soldiers, and they knew that there was a war. But what it did for me, it made me question, well, who is responsible for war? I mean, is it these guys? I mean, you can't just point your finger at them, although they, they were there. Or maybe it's generals, you know? Maybe it's the generals who, who make a career of telling these guys what to do. But maybe that doesn't go far enough. I mean, who tells the generals what to do? Who points the generals and the army at somebody else? Ah, it's the politicians. But here I am flying on the way to Toronto, and it had to go farther. By the time I got to the Purple Onion, I said, who elects the politicians? Ah, it's us, right? His orders come from far away no more. They come from him and you and me. And brothers, can't you see? 
This is not the way we put an end to war. So it, it's about individual responsibility. He's five foot two and he's six feet four. He fights with missiles and with spears. a soldier for a thousand years. He is a Catholic, a Hindu, an atheist, a Jain, a Buddhist and a Baptist and a Jew. And he knows he shouldn't kill, and he knows he always will kill you for me, my friend, and me for you. And he's fighting Fighting for the USA And he's fighting for the Russians And he's fighting for Japan And he thinks we'll put an end to war this way And he's fighting for democracy He's fighting for the Reds He says it's for the peace of sees the writing on the walls but without him how would Hitler have condemned him at the heart without him Caesar would have stood alone he is the one who gives his body as a weapon to a war and without him Okay, we had uh, Harry Bridges, or uh, in the case of Harry Bridges' actor, uh, the words of Harry Bridges about the general strike in 1934. More on that next week. And then uh, Buffy St. Marie with her song, Universal Soldier, her very eloquent uh, song about how war happens and why people let it happen or why they don't. A lot of us didn't let it happen. It still happened, but it was a lot more, a lot shorter than a lot of people wanted. And finally, here's right waist deep in the big muddy. It was back in 1942, I was a member of a good platoon. We were on maneuvers in Louisiana one night by the light of the moon. 
The captain told us to ford a river, that's how it all begun. We were knee-deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. The sergeant said, sir, are you sure this is the best way back to the base? Sergeant, go on, I forded this river about a mile above this place. It'll be a little soggy, but just keep slogging, we'll soon be on dry ground. We were waist deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. Well, the sergeant said, sir, with all this equipment, no man will be able to swim. Sergeant, don't be a nervous Nelly, the captain said to him. All we need is a little determination, men, follow me, I'll lead on. We were neck deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. All at once, the moon clouded over, we heard a gurgling cry. A few seconds later, the captain's helmet was all that floated by. The sergeant said, turn around men, I'm in charge from now on. And we just made it out of the big muddy, with the captain dead and gone. We stripped and dived and found his body, stuck in the old quicksand. I guess he didn't know that the water was deeper than the place he'd once before been. Another stream had joined the big muddy about a half mile from where we'd gone. We were lucky to escape from the big muddy when the big fool said to push on. Well, I'm not going to point any moral, I'll leave that for yourself. Maybe you're still walking, you're still talking, you'd like to keep your health. But every time I read the paper, them old feelings come on. We're waist deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. Waist deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. Waist deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. Waist deep, neck deep, soon even a tall man will be over his head. Where waist deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. Okay, that kind of winds up our anti-war day today. That was Pete Seeger. And uh, it's not difficult to see that at the time when this song came out, in the middle of the Vietnam War, what he was talking about. It was time for us to get out. We never should have gotten in. Okay, this is the B, and uh, we're getting out of here now. This is the show where we tell you how it is when one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, where you work, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Okay. Bye to everybody. We're going to go out with the Internacional.
archive shows. Insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. This is Tusha Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or... 
you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> yeah. awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. The second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st. Howdy, people. You're tuned in to mutinyradio.fm. Name this show is Flat Black Plastic. This is my island in the sun Where my people have told since time begun I may sail on many seas The shores will always be a home to me Oh, island in the sun Built to me by my father's hands All my days I will sing and praise Of your forests, 
waters your shining sun as morning breaks the heaven on high I lift my heavy load to the skies sun comes down with the burning glow mingles my sweat with the earth below oh island in the sun built to me by my father's hands all my days I will sing and praise of your forest waters your shining sun I see woman on bended knees cutting cane for her family I see man at water's side casting nets at the surging tide Oh island in the sun Built to me by my father's hands All my days I will sing and praise Of your forest waters your shining sun Oh Welcome ladies and gentlemen, welcome all my friends, yes my friends the boys and I are very happy to be here tonight to blast, ladies and gentlemen, I see woman on bended knee, cutting sugar cane for her family, I see man at waterside, casting nets at a surgeon tide, oh my island in the sun, was well to me by my father's hand. All my days I may live and pray. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Nassau is my island in the sun. I hope the day will never come when I can awake from the sounded drums. Never let me miss Carnival Singing Calypso songs to the Sophical Oh, island in the sun Built to me by my father's hands All my days I will sing and praise Of your forest, what is your shining sun? 